0: welcome you this morning today we are continuing in our series now what and the title for today's message is serving so my family really enjoys the disney film encanto it's the story of a family that has received a miracle and each member of the family when they come of age they receive a special gift every child but one i'm not gonna ruin the movie I'm not gonna spoil anything. I might give away a few things, but they live in a magical house that just seems to be alive. Uh, you know, sometimes I wonder if my house is alive because I put something in one place, and then when I come back to get it, it's no longer there. But I don't know. That just might be all of messing with me. The family matriarch, Abuela Alma, received a miracle long ago, when her life and the lives of her children were saved from raiders, despite losing her husband. And from that moment, this miracle has continued to provide the family with gifts. And a few Sundays, uh, a few Sundays ago, Bridget Paddock and I were actually talking about this movie and the big lesson of grace that's just all over this movie. You see, Abuela doesn't get grace. She doesn't get it. And she doesn't seem to get the point of serving either. And that's all throughout the film. This miracle was gifted to her family. But she feels that they have to continue to earn and work to be deserving of it. In her mind, they only exist to serve the community and to prove that they deserve this gift. The plot of the movie shows the family crumbling from within. And their magical house crumbling as well. As the grandmother drives them to be worthy of this miracle and to work harder and harder and harder to earn this miracle. The opening song, I'm not going to sing it, it's a fun little song, uh, but has this line sung by Abuela, and she says this, we swear to always help those around us and earn the miracle that somehow found us. The town keeps growing, the world keeps turning, but work and dedication will keep the miracle burning, and each new generation must keep the miracle burning. I think that's how we sometimes see grace, the Christian life, I think it's how we see serving. And it's an obligation to somehow prove that we deserve this great gift of salvation. But like Abuela, we need to see that a gift is just that. It's a gift. It's not something you earn or deserve. Serving isn't the end, and serving isn't a means to an end. Serving with the gifts that God has given us is a fruit of what God has done in us. We serve in response and in worship. We serve in grace and in love. And so today we're going to unpack those two thoughts, serving in grace and serving in love. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your tremendous grace that you have given to us. Father, give us fresh eyes to be able to see that it isn't something that we earn It's not something that we have to strive to maintain in our own strength, our own powers, our own abilities. Father, help us to be glad recipients with the open hands of faith, the empty hands of faith, receiving this wonderful gift that you've given us. And Lord, as we continue to feast on your love, help us to be conduits of that love to others. Lord, I pray that you would just bless us this morning with new understanding, fresh understanding. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Serving in grace. So last week, I spoke about a community on mission. I shared from Romans 15 about what the community of hope looks like. And from Revelation 19, what our posture looks like because of that hope. Today, as I share about serving... And in the next couple weeks, when Mike shares about giving and worship, what I hope is that you see how connected these thoughts really are. And when we start to talk about the values and the mission of Grace Life, it can be very difficult to just you know neatly dissect these things because they just kind of spill all over each other. The same grace that empowers our living in this community of hope is the same grace that fuels our serving and giving and our worship. Now, when it comes to serving, if you've been a part of the church world for really any length of time, I'm certain that you have heard messages or read books or seen you know, an article or whatever, a blog, where they've talked about serving in ways that maybe afterwards you feel full of guilt and full of, uh, I'm not doing enough, often highlighting the importance of it, why you need to do it. You know, I've heard all sorts of harsh and demanding exhortations throughout my years regarding serving. And even when it's not explicitly said from the pulpit, the culture around serving, oftentimes in churches, can sometimes be that of demand and compulsion, kind of strong-arming you into it. And from the beginning, we have sought to shape a culture here at Grace Life of freedom and grace around serving, giving, our worship, all of these things. Now, I'm not an artist by any means. I don't draw. Um, I've worked in the print world, um, and I learned how to use a few of the tools, uh, you know, InDesign, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, But as Ron can rightly point out, I'm not very good at it. He's never said that, by the way. (laughs) He's just excellent at it. (laughs) But I decided to throw together a few little sketches. And by sketches, I just mean clip art. (laughs) So often churches, their structure and their culture demand that all gifts and talents are used expressly for the church service. So bring them in. And only use them here. And certainly we want to use our gifts. We want to use our talents to help serve the body and the worship gathering. We do encourage that here at Grace Life. It's good. But in some cultures, church cultures, that kind of becomes the only reason you exist, is to bring what you have in. A culture of gospel freedom seeks not to bring in the best simply for the gathering, but for the church body to use these gifts and talents to love and serve each other in and out of the gathering. This type of culture also gives believers time and freedom to use those gifts and talents in the places where we're rubbing shoulders with those who don't yet know Christ. These gifts and talents that we have are not the end all. They're avenues and conduits for us to love and to serve each other. Rather than just meeting needs, we're serving people. We're serving each other and in love. So what does it look like to serve? Well, we need to start with what empowers us to serve. So would you turn with me to the book of Philippians? I got a little nervous there when Earl was speaking. Uh, But Philippians chapter 2 was close. Philippians chapter 2, we're going to read verses 1 through 11. It will be on the screen as well. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. And bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Now, obviously, there's a ton to unpack from this passage, and really, as as Earl highlighted the entire book of Philippians, uh, I encourage you to read that. What I want to draw your attention to this morning is not simply that we serve just because we are trying to uh, follow the example set for us by Jesus, though that certainly is true. He did set an example. But what I want to show you here is how grace fuels our serving. We serve because Jesus served us first. Verses 7 and 8, Jesus emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And this is similar to what Jesus said in Matthew 20. It's also found in Mark. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. And so your ability and your desire to serve is because Jesus served you first. And he is putting that in your heart. It's the overflow of the abundance of what Jesus has done. Verse 5 says to have this mind about your, or among yourselves which is yours in Christ Jesus. So, if you've believed the good news, you are in Christ and his spirit is now in you. Grace has come to you and continues to come to you. And so look not only to your own interests, look to the interests of others. The structure of this passage is somewhat reversed reverse engineered. We have these kind of instructions in the first few verses about serving, and it's in the latter half of the passage where we see the power to do it. But Paul is showing us that you can serve. You can look to the interests of others because Jesus served you first. Now, we see this clearly about loving one another in John's first epistle. 1 John 4.19, we love because he first loved us. So having been served, having been loved, we serve and we love. And grace fuels that. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. We're always very familiar with the first two verses of this, and rightfully so. Um, Just so you know, I have it tattooed on my back. Now you know something about me you didn't know before. And it's in Greek. So if somebody learns Greek and they take our Bibles away, somebody can read my shoulder. (laughs) For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Grace and faith are gifts. They're not of your own doing. They're not a result of works. And we see in verse 10 that that same grace that is given to us enables us to work the works that he has prepared for us, including serving. Grace motivates us in a way that guilt and obligation never could. It draws out of the heart a glad response to the gospel, and that response overflows in love for God and for other people. Law and obligation say you have to do these things in order to be loved, in order to be accepted. Grace says, I am loved, I am served, I am accepted, and I'm free to respond in joy as a response to this amazing Love and gospel that that jesus has done. I can respond in gladness to those amazing truths And I can then love and serve others Grace is a gift And so are the things that god has uniquely wired you to do First corinthians 12 4 through 6 now there are varieties of gifts But the same spirit and there are varieties of service, but the same lord and there are varieties of activities But it is the same God, who empowers them all in everyone. And as that passage would unfold, Paul lists out what some of those gifts of the Spirit are. He does so in other passages as well. God empowers the believer through the power of the Holy Spirit and God's grace to serve and to love in very unique ways. Now, Paul writes about this as well in Romans 12, verses 3 through 8. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another." Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So the way that you and I serve will look differently. You can probably think right now as you maybe look around the room, don't stare too long. You can think of the ways that different brothers and sisters here in this fellowship are gifted to serve You know, differently than the way you're gifted. God has given each and every believer unique giftings, unique abilities. We are the body of Christ. We are many members and we're members of each other. We need each other. Elsewhere, Paul writes that, uh, you know, we can't say to each other, I have no need of you any more than my hand can say to my foot that I don't need you. So we need each other. And our service to one another is for the good of each other and for the good of the whole body of Christ. And so, yes, when we serve others, even we receive a benefit and a blessing From that service we are of one body and so we receive a blessing because of it We serve because christ served us we love because christ loved us first and so let us serve empowered by grace with our gifts Let us serve in love So let's look at serving in love We've looked at how christ's love enables us empowers our service. That's the inward But what about serving in love? What's the outward expression of this? the outward flow of this love. Well, if the inward receiving of love has to do with our salvation and and just continuing to feast on God's grace and his love for us, then our outward expression of that is taking that same love that comes in and sharing it with each other. You have a new heart, you're a new creation, you're united with Christ and he's filled you with the abundance of his love. And you can know that your salvation is taken care of. As we saw last week, we can know that our future hope is secure. Now, at our grace group on Tuesday night that meets here, Tom McCardle gave us a helpful analogy that I'm stealing. Put it in my own words a little bit. Have you ever had a computer that just won't power up quickly? You know, it's bogged down with way too much junk. You hit the power button, and maybe 30 minutes later, you finally able to you're finally able to get on facebook there's too much going on the processor just can't handle it all especially in that startup sequence it's dealing with all that junk all at one time well because you and i have believed we are loved saved secure we're filled with hope we are free to love and serve others. It's like our CPU, our processor, has been freed up to not spend so much time and effort on all those things. We're not just focusing on, on all the things we've got to take care of all at once. It's not bogged down anymore with too many programs. And so just as a computer without so many programs and without so many things in the startup sequence can start up quickly and work efficiently. Brothers and sisters, so can we. We don't have to spend all of our time trying to take care of our future in regards to our soul. And so now we're freed to serve and love each other. Let's unpack a little bit more about serving in love. There's three areas of serving in love that I really want to highlight this morning. First is, serving in love is for one another. One another. This phrase comes up a lot in the New Testament. It's actually used 100 times. 47 times, it's an instruction to believers. 15% of the time, this phrase is used to stress the idea of humility. One third of the one another's are about unity. Unity unity is important. It's to get along with each other and be at peace with each other. Another one-third of them are relating to Christians loving one another. So clearly, the one-anothers in the New Testament are important. And let's look at a few of the one-anothers relating to serving in love. 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11 Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Three one another's in this passage here. Keep loving, show hospitality and serve one another. And to connect it back to grace, Peter says that we use our gifts to serve as good stewards of God's varied grace. I think this speaks to the intentionality that goes along with serving. So you've received this special gift, so intentionally steward it. As God has poured his grace into your life, you steward that grace that he has given by serving others. Galatians 5.13 says, For you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use... Your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. Paul here speaks to the freedom that we have in Christ because of the gospel. And so freedom is the launching place to love and serve. We have this freedom to serve, not out of the flesh, but from the life-giving spirit and from the grace that God has given us. Turn to Romans twelve nine through 13. So serving in love that is genuine is full of brotherly and sisterly affection. It outdoes one another in honor. It is zealous and fervent. It rejoices in hope. I love this outdoing one another in giving honor. What does that look like? Outdoing each other. Is this a contest? Maybe. I think this is what it looks like in a gospel culture this is where we just love to talk about the ways that we see christ working in each other's hearts so it's not that we are necessarily you know seeking to just praise one another although i think that that can sometimes be a good thing to encourage each other in the ways that um we see good things happening but i think it's really it's really praising christ in each other and and just you know it's, it's good to shout that out at times. It's good to let people know, like, hey, I saw you do this last week, and that just made my heart jump. It was just amazing to watch. This is part of serving each other in love. It's by sharing how you see Jesus working in each other's hearts. Secondly, serving in love is cheerful and sacrificial. Now, Mike is going to be speaking on giving here in a couple weeks, and I'm sure he'll read this passage, Uh, but I think it speaks to serving as well. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 7. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So again, not only in giving, but in serving, Let's do so cheerfully, not reluctantly, not under compulsion. And you could say each one should serve as he or she has decided in his or her heart. Serving one another as a glad response to God's service and love to us, then, is cheerful, it's generous, but it's also not to be coerced or forced. It's given out of the abundance of what one has received. But serving can also be sacrificial, though I believe it's a cheerful sacrifice. Ephesians 4:32. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So, as I mentioned before, We are told to follow Christ's example. But I want us to see that, yes, we follow Christ's example, but we follow it as empowered by Christ. Christ loved the church, and he gave himself for her. And we see throughout Ephesians 5, Christ's sacrificial love. But I think this kind of gets down into the nitty-gritty, so to speak, the reality of our lives. Because... Honestly, there are times when, unlike Christ's example, we don't want to. And I'm at the front of that list. There are times when even though it is something we're gifted to do, and we often get joy from it, we don't feel like doing it. I just want to encourage you in those moments not to rely on your own strength in that time, but to dig deep into the resources of God's grace. There may be times when we do serve and do something for another and we just aren't feeling it. Don't rely on your own strength in that moment. Rely on God's grace for that. And I believe that he will give you the strength that you need to do that. We've seen that already in some of the passages that we've read, that we do this by God's grace, not by our own strength and effort. And it is normal, just want to say that, it is normal to not want to feel like doing it sometimes. A little bit more on that later. So sometimes serving is a challenge, and we always need to depend on God's new mercies and grace for the moment that we're in to serve. Lastly, serving in love serves Christ. Colossians 3, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward, you are serving the Lord Christ. So as the body of Christ serves each other, and yes, as well, those who are not yet Christians, we're ultimately serving Christ. In our serving and in our working, we're encouraged to work with zeal, to work heartily or enthusiastically, knowing that our work is for the Lord. It's also empowered by the Lord. And the inheritance mentioned here as a reward is not speaking of uh, an earthly reward. It's not speaking of earning any type of merit from God. But it's really referring to the inheritance of spiritual and eternal blessing that God has for us in Christ. It's it's the promise of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the, the promise of eternal life. It's the forgiveness of sin that we receive. And this inheritance that we have in Christ is way better than any type of uh, earthly reward for the labor that we do that this world offers. And so Christ, is uh, the Spirit through Paul, is not saying that you receive that inheritance um, as the reward for your work. He's saying what you receive in Christ is better than any other reward. It is a reward, but not for your striving. It's a reward for faith. And it outshines anything you could ever receive in this life. As believers, we can find great comfort and encouragement in knowing that our labor and service for the Lord is not in vain. It's not in vain. God will give us this inheritance that awaits for us in Christ. And so we can gladly serve and work and love here on this earth, even if we never see any type of a reward in this lifetime. even when others don't see it or appreciate it even when it feels useless at times even when it feels like you're just doing the same thing over and over and over sometimes parenting can be that like that right you know trying to teach your kids you know like not to throw food fern <laughs> and you tell it to her over and over and over again and she just smiles and goes What we have in Christ waiting for us is far better than anything this world offers. So let us serve one another in love from the rich storehouses of God's grace. So how do we apply this to our lives now? Well, the easiest application I can give you is just to receive God's love. And as you're filled with his love, let it pour out from you. You remember the example I did um, maybe that was last year where I poured water into a pitcher and it over our cups and it overflowed into other cups. Just continue to receive God's love. Some other things that I would encourage you in pray. Ask God to show you what gifts that He's given to you, ask Him how to use those gifts to serve others. Ask God to make it clear what needs are in the body and how you can love and serve. As I mentioned at the beginning of this message, I believe that the gifts and talents that God has given to us are for serving one another and not just the worship gathering, not just this moment. And so what I would encourage you to do is get connected to each other. It's hard to see or be aware of needs in the body when we're not connected. If we're disconnected, we just don't know what's happening. So gather with the saints, be part of, of a group, get together with people, talk with them, call people up, have people over to your home. And as you do this, you will become aware of areas where you can serve one another. I think it happens pretty organically, honestly, when you start to get connected to people, you start to hear about things that are going on. But it does require a little bit of intentionality to be on the lookout, so to speak, for things where you can jump in and and use your gifts and talents to serve. Like I said, I think this happens pretty organically. When the gospel is being proclaimed and when the culture of a, a local fellowship is being shaped by the gospel, I think what's produced is gospel-rich serving and loving and compassion, caring for one another. And yes, there are ways that you can serve here in Grace Life in the Sunday gathering or the other things that we have going on. And I do want to mention some of those. But just remember, this isn't me saying this is the only way. I hope I've made that clear. Whether it's with the ch- the children, the youth, or on a day like today with the babies, other ministries, serving with the worship team, the tech team, cleaning the building, making coffee, there's always several ways that you can serve each other. If you're interested in serving in any of those ways, or maybe you have an idea for something else, uh, come talk to... Uh, Ron, who's our head deacon, he didn't know I was going to say that. I'm throwing him out there. Talk to Ron, or if you can't find Ron, you can always talk to Mike or myself, and we'll point you in the right direction. Here at Grace Life, we want to have a high view of God's sovereignty, and that includes over especially in the areas of the worship gathering. We want to trust God that any needs that we might have will be met, We don't want to resort to methods of coercion or compulsion. We'll let you know when there's a need, but we're not going to coerce people to serve in those areas. And so if there's ever something that just has to fail, we're going to let it fail because God isn't in the business of forcing us, strong arming us into doing these things. We're going to trust God to meet our needs. We also want you to know that there's freedom to step away. Maybe you've served in something for a long time and you're just tired. There's freedom to step away from that. That's the culture that we want to have. And so we encourage and practice rhythms of rest. Sometimes you just need rest from serving in a particular way for a while. That's a good thing. Again, we believe that God will meet our needs. We don't want you to become burnt out in any of that. I want to encourage those with children again. Find ways to get your children involved in serving, you know, especially when you're reaching out to another brother or sister in Christ who has a need. Get your kids involved with that. Teach them the value of serving, why and how we serve, how God fuels that with his grace. Get them involved in and out of the Sunday gathering. When there's a need in the body, when you're able, bring them with you as you go. Maybe there's a project where you got to go clean someone's yard and rake some leaves. Bring them on. Maybe let them jump in the leaves a couple times. Give them tasks that they can handle. Get them involved. And lastly, I've probably said that three times now. I always aim not to do that. I just want to take a moment to highlight one of my favorite things about Grace Life. One of my favorite things about Grace Life that I saw the moment that I first became a part of Grace Life is how you already do this. This is a church family that I've seen time and time and time again that reaches deep and serves and gives and loves and cares for one another. And so I want to give honor where honor is due today. My church family, you guys are incredible. And God is pouring out his love into us, and I see it constantly spreading out to each other. I've been on the receiving end of this multiple times. I've witnessed it take place multiple times. Grace Life is generous with its giving and with its serving. So whether it's a car ride, getting someone groceries, helping to clean someone's yard, or visiting somebody in the hospital as well as those who serve here in the worship gathering, getting here early to take care of you know, making the coffee or coming in on a Saturday to clean the building. Those who have taken the time that they could have just sitting in here and watching the kids one Sunday a month or those who have uh, committed to doing the various things that we never see. The list really could go on and on. I've seen God's people here serving one another And those who are not yet believers, well. So Grace Life, just keep doing what you're doing. (laughs) Let us serve in grace, and let us serve in love. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, as we've looked through your scriptures here this morning, we've seen how you served us and loved us through Christ, how you continue to pour your grace out into our hearts, Father, I ask that the abundance of that would just spill over, continue to spill over in in such amazing and incredible ways, that we would just continue to love each other, continue to serve one another. There's definitely a reason why you gave the writers of the New Testament that word of encouragement so many times. I believe you're encouraging us here at Grace Life. Don't grow weary in serving, continue to serve, continue to love. Because your grace is rich, your grace is abundant, and we can be filled with that grace and continue to serve, continue to love. Father, we thank you, we praise you, and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.